What's up, everybody? It's LG Set here. You're listening to The First Mint, a podcast where I talk about NFTs and the world of Web3. The podcast comes out every Monday morning and occasionally on Wednesdays. If you like this content and you want some more, feel free to visit our Twitter page at The First Mint. All right, you guys know how I like to start these shows with a little story. So we'll rewind again for another little tale all the way back to the very early days or my early days of NFTs, not the early days of NFTs, but my early days of NFTs when I was going across different projects and specifically, as you know, in NBA Top Shot. It was October 5th, 2020. It was the day after game three of the finals that were in the bubble between LeBron and the Heat. I remember I was at a store called Structube in the afternoon shopping for a new couch I needed one that was only 89 inches wide, whereas the standard most couches are actually built like 92 inches wide. I kind of wanted to put it beside this doorway, and it had been really hard to find one. So it was this very strange store called Structube. I was wearing a mask because it was was pandemic then, just as it is now. And I told my partner, I told her, I was like, listen, I got to stop what we're doing right now. And we're looking at couches, but I need to do this drop on my phone for NBA Top Shot. And at this point, like she was used to it because NFTs were like my new obsession. And I, I, I stopped us many times in public to get in on drops and trying to like click, click, click through on my phone. There was no queue system back then. So it was like the drop starts and you just pound the buy button and cross your fingers that things go well. The drop was for the Eastern Conference and I think also Western Conference packs. And I got one of each. I got a Kemba Walker and a Jeremy Grant as like the players from each series. And later that night when I got home, I checked in to kind of see like what the floor prices were like, see if I was going to collect the sets, do the challenges. And surprisingly, there were still some packs left for like each collection, which I thought was a little strange because in my short time in Top Shot, like a month, that had never happened. There wasn't anything that really like didn't sell out, especially something that was playoffs, right? Like first round and conference semifinal sets, they'd sold out instantly, but these hadn't. And the weeks after, I don't remember when it was, but for a few weeks and like the month after, they didn't sell out at all. And eventually Top Shot pulled them from the shelves, let's call it, and actually promised everybody that the remaining supply would be burned. People hadn't bought them, I should I should clarify, because the supply had been raised dramatically. Like the conference semifinals packs were minted. I think those NFTs were minted like to 250 or 275 each. These were minted to a thousand each. So I had like a one of a thousand Jeremy Grant, like rare. And it made sense. Like the market was small, the community was small, and it kind of made sense that people, you know, rejected these. So Topshop pulled them from the shelves and said like in chats in the discord that at some point later they would be burned right and this is like top shot was not nearly contentious like it is now this is it, it was chill you flash forward to today right uh not not so easy to kind of just say things like that we've actually been promised the burning of nfts on top shot for over a year if you go back to june 8th 2021 almost exactly a year ago in a blog post from Top Shot after they uh, introduced, I guess, the little ticker that's under every moment that shows you, you know, how many are still left in packs, uh, how many have been burned, and and how many are still like circulating or whatever. That blog post said, circled back on those Eastern Conference, Western Conference finals packs and said, yes, those will be burned soon. But then also said 
that for now that will always show zero as no burn feature has yet been implemented in NBA Top Shot. So that ticker that showed up on Moments was kind of there as for like future use. And all of this, this, this blog post on June 8th came six weeks after the trade ticket introduction, which was like trading in Moments for a trade ticket, but not, not burning them. So all that to say, no Moments were burned on Top Shot until November 30th, 2021. So almost an entire like 14 months after those first moments were released, that's when the conference finals moments were burned. And so far since then, in those almost two years, nothing else has been burned in the Dapper ecosystem. Now, for months, I've campaigned publicly and privately that all sports projects, all these sports card collecting projects, including and especially Dapper, should be actively burning their NFTs to regulate supply. And that there's no amount of challenges and celebrity appearances or sending people to games or whatever that can make up for the fact that this is a faucet without a sink, that the water doesn't go anywhere on the other end. I mean, even Ethereum is deflationary right now as of last August. There's more of it burned every day than there is created. So even, even the major cryptocurrency of NFTs is reducing supply actively. This is a very different ballgame. Finally, though, on Thursday last week, if you, if you do pay attention to the first minute kind of in our ecosystem here, we finally found out that we'd be getting a little taste of that burning. NFL all day announced that it would be testing a burning feature for packs, which was then tested the next day, and that they would also be burning 100,000 of their moments. And you know what? They are not the only ones who are going to be burning stuff soon. This is the first minute. Now, a very important disclaimer before we start this podcast, I own a lot of supply of the NFT projects that are going to be mentioned on today's episode. And the first mint is actually partnered with two of them, with NFTU from Recur and with Candy Digital. We are still currently under contract with them to uh, basically get the word out about them. To We feature them on the podcast. We tweet about them. That's about the extent of the agreement. I think they get in the newsletter sometimes as well. Personally, I also enjoy those projects, and I think the first mint would probably cover them to some extent anyways. And in no, in none of these contracts do we ever want to prevent the projects from uh, letting us express our opinions. We, we want to be transparent. We want to be, uh, obviously, we want to be constructive, um, but we never really want our partners to, to, to tell us what we should and shouldn't say. They want us to approach the projects in a very subjective way. They, 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 they want, or objective way, I guess. They, they want us to uh, openly, not, not critique, but uh, well, they're open to critiquing, but they want us to, to, to speak our minds and to, to, to really say what we think, and that is what we do. But just so everybody knows, we are partnered with two of these projects, and also I do own a lot of these also, nothing on the show is financial advice. Please make your own decisions. This is just the stuff that I am into and that I like talking about. So the big news last week is that all day is going to start burning. And here's how it's going to work. Crafting is coming this summer. Crafting being where you uh, destroy NFTs or cards or whatever moments 
in exchange for a reward for a, a better one, let's say. So basically trading in five common moments for a rare one, something that's a very simple base of it. Also, they announced that 100,000 moments will be burned this summer, that they will voluntarily be burning 100,000 of the, these moments. And as per uh, John Boyd Jackson, excellent analyst, that represents about 5.4% of the total supply on NFL all day. But he also pointed out that there are actually 800,000 total of the moments that are still remaining to be released from this supply. The 100,000 that are being burned are from weeks 13 to 18. And there are another 700,000 where we don't know what's going to happen with them. They might be airdropped to us. I hope that they're secretly burned. Anyways, that those are the stats there. But it is a good start. That is an enormous amount of supply to burn. Also, last Friday, we covered it. We're on Spaces. They released, NFL All Day released packs, 1,000 quick packs from Super Wild Card Weekend, where basically people who pulled three commons in those packs had a 24-hour window to burn them in exchange for part of their money back, to get $35 back from a $49 pack. The results, 466 out of 1,000 packs were burned, almost 1,400 moments there's definitely an appetite for this 466 people who paid 49 dollars for pack were so unhappy with the pack or i guess so keen to test out the feature maybe a little bit of both that they return them burn them just to get 35 dollars back to take a 14 dollar loss on today's pod i want to give a bit of context about burning to start, okay? Like I want to level set, talk about the projects that are doing it right now and specifically focus on the sports card projects, right? Because mainly the kind of, you know, the sphere that we're in, but also give a few examples of the more native NFT projects, the ones that, you know, we think, or I think that are doing it really well. Then we're going to look at the goals of these projects. What should they pursue in their uh, arsonist ambitions? What are they What are they trying to do on the platforms and how does burning nfts fit into that then we're going to look at the different ways that they could do it the three or maybe four maybe five buckets of let's call them burning benefits for the collections the projects and the collectors then we'll look at the end at the short-term impact and the long-term impact of burning these nfts so let's start with the context burning is common in nfts but it's been very contentious in these card collecting circles, which is which is to me is ludicrous. It's crazy that it's taken this long for these for this to become a feature. Because to me, this type of feature, being able to burn the NFTs, is a feature that is in no way possible in cardboard, at least not to offer it in real time like this. Like this is this is one of the major advantages of taking card collecting to the NFT level is that you can do stuff like this. You can reduce supply. You can burn without actually having to burn cardboard and you can do it in real time. Now, Dapper has been trying to bring a, uh, a sense of stability to their supply and demand uh, economics of their project for quite some time. And they need to create an in and out flow of supply, obviously, to regulate that. A couple weeks ago, I think maybe two weeks ago, they introduced bidding, another feature that for a very long time people had been clamoring for, saying like, bidding will save this. Uh, we have it on OpenSea. I advocated it for a few times that we need a bid and offer system absolutely to be able to quantify the value of these moments, see what the market demand is. But 
they might have been too little too late, or maybe it's just something the, the market wasn't ready for. Because I think in what a week or two, however, I, don't, I actually couldn't find when this started. But in that time, there have been just under 3,200 offers made, over 2,000 of them canceled, and 174 of them actually accepted. So since the bid system has started on Top Shot, only 174 bids have been successful. So nothing too major yet. And that data is per live token. So thank you, live token, for that data. And in terms of our current crowd of NFT people, well, we've actually done burning before. For people who were here a year ago, we were on Wax, right? Remember Wax, a different blockchain? They had the MLB license, Major League Baseball license. And every week they actually did a crafting challenge where you could trade five player cards in exchange for like a rarer one from a different set. That project is now defunct. The license has gone to Candy and a few other players, but we have done crafting before. So that's, that's kind of like the short history of it. In terms of the specific projects, well, we know All Day has started and that it's it's imminent for them to do more. Top Shot Crafting should, by the time you're listening to this, might have actually started. They actually said that that is going to launch within two weeks, and they said that like 10 days ago. So it should be any day now, and it's going to start with some of the WNBA collections as well as the John Morant throwdowns from Series 3. No details yet on how it's going to work. And honestly, knowing how Top Shot rolls things out, I'm going to say it's a, it's going to be a bit of a slow rollout. They're probably going to sell it as, hey, this is really groundbreaking. But we know that it takes them a little while to get going. And for, for something like this to have a major impact on the Top Shot market, again, I don't think it's going to be immediate. Important that it's starting, but not something that is going to, you know, I think turn things around overnight. Candy Digital, our partners at Candy Digital selling Major League Baseball uh, NFTs. They announced about two months ago that they'd be rolling out a burning mechanism. And I quote, we're excited to share that we'll be rolling out a burning mechanism in conjunction with a new category of collection challenges. Coming this summer, collectors will be able to burn their icon NFTs and receive a new icon rarity in return icon being the type of NFT that they have. We're excited about the new collecting dynamics that will that this will introduce and we'll show, share further details in the coming coming weeks. And it's gone to the point where in that time, even in the Candy Discord, the Candy team has even referenced burning as a way to regulate the economy. As people have complained, saying, hey, my moments are going down. What are you doing to save my collection? Their team has actually said, hey, like, like, don't worry, burning is coming, so wait for that. Since then, we know that the new tier of moments that are, that are going to be earned for, for, for burning is called Titan. It's going to be a tier between rare and legendary. There's going to be 100 max per player, and it's only going to be available via burning and only via burning of the current series 2022 so nothing from series one from 2021 the burning challenges will last from monday morning to thursday afternoon each week they will be demand based so let's say it's a uh, hundred bryce harpers available to be earned uh, from the titan tier to be from burning uh, if they don't hit 100 that's fine if they only hit 20 there will only be 20 of those Bryce Harper's they're only going to do 200 players this season to start and it's actually this is the most interesting part gamified part is that it's going to be a point based system so you have to accumulate points uh to to, to burn for a certain player so for example to, to earn like let's say a Bryce Harper and the Bryce Harper part is an example I'm making up so they didn't say this but let's say you need 100 points to earn your Bryce Harper you're actually going to need 51 points of other Bryce Harper cards meaning that you're going to have to burn a lot of a certain player 
in order to earn the rarer card of the same player, which to me is a, is a fantastic idea. So that way we're not burning like five no-name players for a star player, thus inflating the star player supply, but then you know getting rid of the crap. We need to do that even trade-off. And they actually have a point system where their, their most common cores are worth three points, the uncommons are six, the rares are 15, and the epics are 40. So you can read more about that on Candy Digital, and that is, they said starting sometime in June, early June. So again, by the time you're listening to this, this that may have started. Now to rattle off some of the other card collecting projects, so rare, the leading soccer project, they don't do it, and they've actually faced some of the same community sentiment about people wanting it, but then you know team not really implementing it. I think they've gone through that for a little bit. UFC Strike, they don't do it, haven't announced any plans to do it, but they are within the Dapper ecosystem, so that could be coming soon. And I don't really know if many other, there are a lot of other sports collecting projects, athletes and teams and stuff, but none, I would say, as prominent as these card collecting ones. There are more on the way, of course. Dapper is working on their La Liga product, which will be, uh, from what I've heard, is titled Galazos right now. There are also potential English Premier League NFTs coming to Dapper. There's NFL Rivals, which is like a 3D arcade game from the NFL that is going to involve NFTs. And likely tons of other fantasy football style games coming between now and the start of the NFL season. But again, we don't know a lot about those projects. We don't know if burning is going to be a huge part of their economy or of their system. But maybe as these projects, these sports projects start to roll it out, we'll, you know, those new projects will implement it. Now, there is one sports project and one that we're partnered with that I think is actually doing it quite well, and that's NFTU. NFTU, brought to you by Recur. Uh, what they've done is they do college basketball NFTs, and they partnered with individual players and schools to, to, to launch them. So they've got partnerships with John Morant, Carmelo Anthony, Paul George, Jalen Brown. And after a couple of weeks, what was happening to NFTU, and this is you know around mid-April, around the time I, I released a, a podcast about this, their packs, like many others, were not selling out. So they actually had to cut their remaining supply and end pack sales and move their challenges up. They're planning to start challenges at the end of June, but they've already started them as of a few weeks ago. And I actually really like how the challenges work. And I feel like it's going under the radar a little bit. Basically, the way they work is it is crafting. You have to trade in a certain amount of plays, let's say, uh, in order to earn something. A typical challenge will be something like this. It's like, okay, trade in five commons, let's say, and three of them have to be a dunk. One of them has to be a three-pointer. One of them has to be an assist because they are split by play. And then you are given a, a reward, a new player, and you're going to get one of three players. So let's say you trade in like five or ten commons, and then you're going to be promised like a Jalen Brown, a Paul George, uh, or, or I don't know, a John Morant, let's say. It's not, it's, it's not that good every time. Let's, let's, say, let's say like a Psycho T, like a Tyler Hansborough or something like that, just, just to make it more lottery. Anyways, you trade in your commons, and then you get that reward. You open the pack or the case in this case. But then you also get something called a challenge ticket, which you then need for the next tier of challenge. So let's say you do this common challenge. You get one of your three players. You, you pull your Psycho T. And then you also get a premium ticket. And then there's a premium challenge where you need a premium ticket and some premium NFTs to complete the challenge, which then gives you a rare NFT of a different player and a rare ticket. And then the rare ticket ladders up. You need it for the ultimate challenge, which is the cream of the crop, the ultimate top challenge to then earn an ultimate level uh, player. I think you get a ticket too. 
But basically what they've done is they've introduced a totally different type of NFT, these these challenge tickets, as like a compliment where it's like, well, you can do the challenge, get your Psycho T or Jalen Brown, and then get this ticket. And if you want to save that to do the, the harder challenge, you can, or you can just sell it on the marketplace. I think their, their premium tickets are going for 25 bucks, rare tickets going for like 120 right now. So that's a nice little system, and it's brought me as a collector into it. Uh, I've done I've done the majority of the challenges at this point, and I kind of like that. I kind of like burning the NFTs, and and it's done well for their marketplace. The floor was like under a dollar before they introduced this. Now the floor is around like maybe three or four bucks, which is again that's not tremendous, but hey, that's a three hundred percent increase in floor and probably a major reduction in total NFTs. Also, each challenge you can do it more than once. You can do it as many times as you want, but the challenge has a limit. So some of those common challenges can only be done 1,600 times because the NFTs that you're getting from them, like Tyler Hansborough or whatever, there's only a supply of 500 each, right? I hope that makes sense. I hope that explanation makes sense. But basically what I like is that you burn, you get the typical reward NFT, the highlight, but then you also get this extra little ticket that you need for other challenges. So again, the secondary token, I love that. Outside of these sports projects, I didn't want to highlight other NFT projects that are doing very well. Now, early on in, I think, in this current NFT game, uh, the art and culture projects actually jumped all over burning really quickly. Damien Hirsch, the currency, if you guys know that one, it's the one with all the dots. Uh, he sold 10,000 unique NFTs, unique paintings for $2,000 each, like I think just under a year ago. And what he did is he implemented a system where people had to choose to either hold the NFT or trade the NFT in for an actual physical that they would receive. But what happens at the end of the year is that the remaining supply on both are burned. So there can only be 10,000 total of either one. So when it's all done, there's going to be X amount of physicals and X amount of NFTs, but no more than 10,000. So that was a nice little choice he offered to his fans, but also a one where there wouldn't be too many of everything. Pixel Vault, another project that we featured many times that now actually has a sports division, their entire project has been about burning and decision making. They sold originally a, a Punks comic, which was their first NFT for 0.2 ETH just about a year ago. And then everybody, like once they sold out, everybody who owned one had to choose between burning it for something called a Founder DAO token or to keep it. And basically, the people that burned it, the founder DAO, they've actually formed their own club where they get like whitelists of projects. They do a bunch of other cool stuff. They're trying to get plans off the ground. But the people that held the comic, that comic becomes part of the Genesis set of comics. So a clear and even split, right? But where we're one, you know, there was never more than that original supply. Since then, they've introduced many other things like that. Like everybody who owned either one got to claim something called a free or a mint pass for free. And then had to choose whether to burn that pass for a meta hero pfp which you may have seen roaming around on twitter or discord they're really cool which they could then stake for a currency called pal or keep that mint pass to be part of raffles regularly for far rarer meta heroes right so already and that's 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 such a that's the tip of the iceberg of the project there's so much more to it than that but basically another project where burning was very important one of my favorite projects, well, these are all great projects, this one especially, is a project also comic-based uh, called Huxley, where you basically had to buy different issues of comics. They've done four so far and had to burn some of them to earn a Genesis token, which then gives you access 
to an identity, like another PFP identity of which there are only going to be three different types. That's something kind of hard, right? Because each issue has a different value. The idea that each one is going to be burned a lot over time introduces a whole new dynamic. But from the very beginning, they said that that is what that was how it was going to work and that there are going to be six issues in total. One little twist that Huxley added was that you could claim physicals of these comic books, which is great, but you could only do it after burning events. So let's say you held issue one, two, and three, and you needed those to burn for one of the P upcoming PFPs. Well, if you also wanted the physical, the burning event was prior to the physical claim. So you had to probably buy a second one if you wanted the physical or make that very dis difficult decision to burn your set or hold and claim the actual physical copies. Now, a lot of other projects have really cool burning mechanics like this. And a lot of other projects have burned remaining supply after not initially selling out. The projects I outlined here, what they did incredibly well is from the very start, they made burning a very clear part of their ecosystem. Or they kept their whole ecosystem a mystery and burning was revealed as one of the primary features. But nowhere ever in their roadmaps was there not going to be burning and supply reduction or major choice making. I've often said that NFTs are very similar to a Matryoshka doll, right? The Russian dolls. You open it and something else open is inside and you keep opening it and more stuff is inside. And NFTs are supposed to be this wonderful world of possibilities. That's what we can do with the technology, one of the basic uses. It's a journey, not a destination. And some of these projects with their burning mechanics have done a fantastic job of that. Which brings me to the next point here, which maybe some of these projects have figured out, which is what is the goal of burning? What are, what are we trying to achieve? What do we want these projects to achieve? What do we as collectors want to achieve by burning NFTs? Because after all, it's kind of a nasty thing, right? And a lot of people would say that. Be like, I don't want to burn my NFTs. They're nice. But the goal of these projects is growth. And for growth, they need users, active ones. They need people to come and buy stuff. They, want, they need people to come and want new supply. They need a really active and thriving economy and they need community, community sentiment to be very high, to have a lot of people active. And to do that, and to have a thriving economy, to knock all those things off the board, you would need to create something, to create a system, a, a marketplace dynamic that has multiple effects, including bringing back prior collectors. And we're talking specifically, obviously that's a specific ticket top shop, but bring back all those people or a good one of those people who moved on to other NFTs. Involve the degen crowd, the people that like to bet on things and stay up late and speculate, bring them back in, but also set the groundwork for total newcomers to come in, right? Because that's, that's the whole point of these massive branded IP projects. They want to bring in new people. And they want to tap into the enormous fan network of people that already like these brands, especially baseball, basketball, all that stuff, NFL, come on. A huge part of the business model of these NFT projects is to do that. It's not just for DGENs. So they need to make this a strong economy. And a lot of these projects, the sports projects, originally started as a collectibles projects. They were never gamified originally, but things have moved fast. And now this whole shift burning is a shift to gamification which to me is the best version of a series of choices. And again, very similar to the Russian doll analogy, the choices are what, what makes a great economy where you have to decide which door to walk through. 
or choose to not walk through a door at all or wait and see what the options are, what doors come on the next roll. That is what DGEN people like. And that is very likely what a lot of the normie people who like these brands are going to end up liking about this stuff, whether they like to or not, because these projects, again, they're moving to gamification. So they have to amp up that aspect and go beyond collectibles. Like these just can't be collectibles anymore because that model is kind of running out of steam. Now, of course, there'll still be room for collectibles, and we'll talk about that a little later on. But zooming out, we're moving to gamification here. But not all the projects are calling it gamification. In the NFL's case, they're emphasizing it as scarcity. Even Dave Feldman, the VP of marketing, he came on the he came on our spaces on Friday, and he referred to it as we're really emphasizing scarcity, which correlates a lot to what Dapper has been wanting to highlight for a while. Even the last town hall with Rohem way back in March. That led off with scarcity talk, saying there's not going to be more than 10,000 legendaries per season. The moments are being capped at 60,000. But that scarcity thing, that didn't do anything really to redirect the economy. Everything's been pretty down since. And of course, the rest of the market is down, so you can't blame it entirely on that. But the emphasis on scarcity hasn't done anything. It needs to be a full commitment to gamification. That needs to be the narrative. And in this case... Burning. Burning is the gamification when you're dealing with massive card projects. Ask anybody out there, what happened to baseball cards in the 1990s? And they'll tell you it was overprinted. So burning, gamification, that is the narrative of these projects. And that is what they must lead with to achieve their goals of optimal daily engagement from their users. And we're off to a good start. Starting with the example from last week where... People bought packs for $49 and they burned them to get $35 back, which a lot of people saying is, hey, it's admitting to a loss. You're losing 14 bucks. You're losing 28% of what you put in. But another way to look at it is you're pulling the lever again, right? This is, this is some form of gambling in some way, right? 14 bucks, probably worth it to a lot of people for the chance at a legendary where they then guaranteed to get their money or part of their money back. That isn't too bad. And that's that's the base of the system. That's the start of it that could evolve quite drastically over time, right? I already like the idea of there's a 24-hour window during which you can actually do the challenge. And you could evolve that into um, you know different supply dynamics that you can only, if you burn a certain time, you have a, a better chance to do it or that you have a longer period, or that different days you can burn for different reasons. A lot of different stuff you could do there so long as it's a series of hard choices. And those people had 24 hours to make that hard choice. But I will say, not everybody likes hard choices because even my brother, Phil D, while we are on Spaces, said that he wants to keep it simple. He doesn't, he doesn't want to burn his bills moments. He doesn't want hard choices, which is fine. Some people want to collect, and I got no problem with that. So maybe there's a happy medium there where we live in a gamified systems, but where the people who grind the hardest are the ones who get the best rewards, the people that are ready for those decisions, and they're going to seek them out. After all, the demographic are degen gamblers. And, and one of the best parts, a lot of people said of something like NBA Top Shot this past season, was that a lot of people got to speculate and grind every day to, to, to try and do the flash challenges, the daily challenges of you know which players would be involved in them, Right. That's something people really enjoyed and it ended kind of badly because the, the the final challenge had kind of like messed up dynamics and people didn't like that. But that was a way that people engaged every day in a gamified way. So there's already basis there for something like that. 
So perhaps this series of hard choices, this gamified system can also lend itself to a daily decision making, a daily burning mechanic, which would then regulate the idea that there's as much coming in as there is coming out and properly balance choice collecting and speculation, which I think is probably what a lot of people really liked about this whole idea in the first place, but now clearly needs to evolve. So how do we evolve it? How can burning actually be part of this? Because inevitably, a burning mechanic is going to introduce some kind of secondary token into the economy. It introduces a whole new part of it. And it doesn't matter what that is, even if the token is not, like even if the token's not an NFT or on chain, it's another element into the economy. These can range in tiers of complexity. And I'm going to give four different examples today about what they could be ranging from very basic, just for fans, all the way to the optimal gamified system. And we're talking very basic here. This is where you burn NFTs and you get some kind of dynamic reward. The very base function and ideas that can actually appeal to people like both me and Phil on the broad range. They are fandom rewards, NFT crafting, new tokens, and ecosystem balance. The first one, fandom rewards, the most obvious ones. Forget the market dynamics, the in and out flows. We're still at the phase in NFTs too. Don't forget, we're like a lot of people are still excited about getting merch, just getting like a hat or a t-shirt, which no one has been able to get from Top Shot, other than if you showed up at the events and you got the NBA Top Shot this t-shirt. There's been nothing else. So start with the very simple stuff. Nobody has all day gear, strike gear, candy gear, any of that stuff. Nobody has it. So let people just trade in a little store their common moments for some merch, or maybe evolve that to tickets to a future game, a certain bucket of tickets. Further than that, you could do NBA League Pass or pay-per-view access to certain events like UFC Strike. What I really love to see is something offered where, that you can't get anywhere else. So like an access into like a fan club of just that team or just that player or whatever that is. Take what Top Shot has done with the team captains and kind of expand on it, make something more exclusive. Or even the Nine Lives Lounge, take what they've done and make them burn those NFTs for like a two-year status in there. But then at the same time, you're kind of adding like a self-destruct function, which would which maybe solve a lot of problems there. Many projects haven't gone that far. They've kind of given us like a infinite objects as a reward. Like here's a here's a video of your NFT, which is which is fine, but it's not very unique. You can literally just go on the website and order those yourselves. So it's just not. It's I think that that fandom reward, yes, has to be things that people like getting. They can get on their own, absolutely, but something unique and different. Pushing it to another level, I think, would also be very beneficial and make people feel the uniqueness of being in NFTs in those benefits. The second one is basic crafting. Trading in moments, candy and NFTU are, are halfway there. NFL, well, we don't know, but we're assuming the challenges are going to be something like that. And this is the system, again, pioneered by Wax. But I think they can very much expand on that. I think these projects can really expand on that beyond just, hey, trade 10 NFTs for this new one. I think you could trade it for a new one and maybe some credits or for even whitelist for the next uh, project or to be just in the queue on the next project or the next big drop. I think there's a lot of ways there where that could expand, but basically you just need something where a certain amount of NFTs are being destroyed in exchange for a smaller amount of NFTs. That's something basic. That's something newcomers would understand. So it's something that shouldn't be very hard to introduce. The third one, far more complex, a new token. And this is where a secondary token could really open up 
the economy and actually create a lot of like longer term interests, like make this almost not a DeFi project, but make it something where it's like there are token dynamics at play here beyond just kind of burning and getting new NFTs, right? Because tokens are things that are easier to stake and to use in a bid system where you're basically like giving certain projects like a lot more autonomy in their economy with this new token that they can use exclusively, that collectors can use exclusively within that economy. Now, in each of these three cases, the collector would have to roll the dice as to burn or to not burn, because each one is a different level for each collector, right? Again, like the fandom, the basic crafting, that is simple. And that's that, that might make sense for the people that just want to collect, but also want to have a little bit of fun. But the new token thing, which again, is a, is a massive open canvas. Like a, a new token has so much potential and things like trade tickets and credits, it's kind of halfway there, but that needs to go to the next level, it needs to have a lot more complexity to it. But that's where you can have a lot of fun in game theory. And in the end, might end up making a lot more noise than you would otherwise. The fourth one is ecosystem balance. And this is the projects where we're, you know, this is where the projects need to do it on their own and should be done in conjunction with creating new moments. So basically, every time new NFTs are released by these projects, they're saying, hey, there's new supply. They also need to say, here's how many are going to be destroyed or how many we are trying to destroy as this comes out, either of old supply or of this new supply. And you could even give some options to the collectors of like, Here's let them decide how much is getting burned or what is being burned, which I, I guess they probably would if they could pick any kind of NFTs they wanted from any players. But that basically that ecosystem balance that comes from the from the projects, each project needs to commit to X amount being burned prior to the release and do that periodically. So in, conclu in conclusion, if projects are going to do this, they need to splash it like on a big fucking billboard that says, this much has been burned today and this much has been created. It needs to be almost more front and center. That way it's good for new people to know that there are these complex, maybe gamified economic uh, systems in play, but also signal to everybody that this is a balanced economy. On the podcast I did two months ago about will sports NFTs survive, I explained from my point of view how the business of sports is different than the business of NFTs and that they're not very correlated. And that it's going to take a very long time for those to kind of line up because sports just want to sell more stuff, whereas NFTs are about retaining value and creating community capital. So how do you do that? Well, some of these ideas, burning, economic burning, destroying parts of the economy, that's one way to do it. And it can actually be used to bring in a lot of new people. A fifth way that burning could be used or that burning can function is actually as marketing. On the spaces on Friday, we discussed the idea of doing a game show where you would round up a that like people who have burned a thousand NFTs each and put them into some kind of like deal or no deal game show where they're not guaranteed to get you know their value back. They might pull a lump of coal, as Phil said it, or they might pull something really freaking awesome. That could actually be a lot of fun to turn the burning of NFTs, the reduction of supply, into something huge and splashy. And for 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 these projects to proclaim, hey, we're back and and this is going to be a story now. This is going to be something for you to participate in, either as somebody who has burned stuff and now has decisions to make, or just as a spectator where you put yourself in, in the shoes. Because when you're watching game shows, you're watching reality TV, you just sit there and you think, what would I do? That's what's so attractive about those things. And doing that with the supply of these NFTs, man, that could actually be a lot of fun from a content perspective. Now, there are a lot of fun ideas here. And I've always, you know, again, advocated for burning. 
And I'm also a fan of the old saying of be careful what you wish for. And I've been wishing this for a long time. So who knows what's going to happen from here. Hopefully this actually, the, the burning and the expansion burning actually does make me happy. And that's where we turn to the short and long-term impact of these projects. Now I'm going to say this now. I'm going to say this now for short-term impact. If the burning of these projects is not aggressive, it will not have an impact whatsoever. Burning in a very short period of time, needs to leave a crater in the economy and in the supply of these projects, like a giant gaping hole, like something like in two months, 25% of the supply is gone, not 0.02%, 25%, something huge. That will drive scarcity. It'll freak people out, and then we'll have to pick up the pieces. It's going to make things way more interesting. It'll make way more of a story and also kind of often reset the game. Also, I think that that'll work incredibly well for some of these projects because then by reducing supply, they could sell more. You know, the easiest way is to, to, to sell more supply and convince people they need more supply by taking too much of it away, letting them destroy it on their own. That makes so much sense, right? And it would definitely bring a lot of people back to the platform and bring a lot of that general, general interest. The people, the DGENs are in the NFT circle who's left Top Shot and now they want to come back. Maybe they do want to come back. Who knows? Maybe they're waiting for the chance to come back and that's the kind of stuff, a crater in the supply is what would really, really bring them back. The other short-term effect might be growing pains. And, and we're probably going to see this already this week or in the coming weeks. Burning is not going to be perfect. There are going to be some weird things that happen uh, already with trade tickets on Top Shot. People have done things like traded number ones and rare moments, which they weren't supposed to, but it's hilarious that they did. We're going to have some oddities here. People are going to burn all types of stuff. People are going to make mistakes. They're going to fat finger things. Which NFTs have to be burned will be wrong in some cases. We're going to get the wrong information, or sometimes it just won't work. That is going to happen because this is unprecedented for projects at this scale to burn their NFTs with such massive fan bases, which is fine. So get ready for that. The long-term impacts. I think that this burning mechanic is going to reshape how projects actually drop their supply. Not just, hey, all the supplies out, here's some burning occasionally. I think it's going to completely change the ebb and flow of the release schedule. Imagine a world where the regular season of the sport is supply season and the off season is burn town. It's burn season. So meaning that through the season, all this stuff gets released. But then during the season, us as collectors, we have to speculate which ones we're going to use for crafting that off-season? Which ones you're going to keep to throw into the fire when the time comes? What if these projects kept the best plays from that entire year for the off-season crafting? Right? That could actually be a lot of fun where it's a specific crafting season. How do you fill the off-season for a sport, especially in NFTs? You reduce a ton of the supply. And then even the more casual collectors, the ones who don't pay attention to the burning, who just want to collect, they'd come back and they'd be like, oh shit, my Drew Holiday has 45% less supply now. How exciting. The price is different. That's interesting. You could literally call it craft season. The off season is craft season. That's just one idea in terms of how to balance it so that you're not always supplying and burning and all that kind of stuff. Goes against another thing I said, but just that is a way that these projects could approach it. I think once they see how valuable aggressive burning will be to their daily engagement, again, their goal. Another long-term impact is going to make users care a lot more about the economy, right? It's going to be a lot more way beyond just uh, collecting and fandom, which is what these projects have led with. 
but it's going to force a lot of people to learn some of these market dynamics. And that's actually going to empower a lot of creators. And that's what, that's this whole creator class of people from Top Shot. That's where we came out of. We were people who were speculating on this stuff, helping to explain it, helping to chat through things. And now we've kind of, well, no offense to anybody else. I don't know, but we kind of run out of things to say because there's no more speculation because users don't care about the economy anymore because the economy has been beaten to death by supply. But now those things are going to matter again. And even things like total moments burned. And in fact, how much money was spent, volume, total buyers, those metrics will matter. Maybe the market cap should matter in these projects. For a while, we said, let's not talk about it because it's going down, but maybe it should matter. And the last long-term potential effect is that burning could totally fail. I'm a burning maxi. I think we've made that very clear so far on the show. But I totally accept that it could fail. For one, a lot of these projects are affiliated with the players' union, and that could be some kind of weird PR crisis. Not that, not that players' unions get upset when, like, you know, a jersey sells more than another one than another player or anything like that. But hey, listen, you know, some player finds out, be like, hey, why am I the most, you know, sacrificed player on this platform? That's not going to be good, and the platform is benefiting from that. That is not necessarily going to be a good thing. So that's that's one of the potential threats. Burning culturally could also be seen as a sign of failure. In some cases, it already has. People are saying that about NFL Day already. They're saying, hey, there's no demand. That's why you got to burn these. That's why you're doing it. It could be seen as a sign of weakness, and that could take over the narrative. I hope it doesn't. I hope these are handled carefully and it doesn't happen, but that could happen. It could also fail and literally not do anything. That's the worst case scenario. And it could be that 10K profile photo projects are the absolute apex of NFTs, of supply and demand, and that we'll never be able to go beyond that at all. And that everything's going to be a PFP in the end. That part's pretty doubtful, but hey, it's possible. It's possible that this model simply does not work in any way. Now, the conclusion of all this is that burning is new. It's experimental. But I think there are very few downsides, especially for cards that have like five and 10 and 20,000 supply. I don't see any reasons why it burning shouldn't at least be experimented with with some of those larger ones. And it's no secret that these NFT sports projects are in need of the next phase. We need to know what's next. This is a trend that was set by Top Shot. Everybody capitalized on it. But now what's going to come next? What's going to come next to these economies? How are these uh, platforms going to attract daily users and make money? And I think rolling the dice with extreme burning dynamics is a good way to go. It's a good thing to start with, to try. I think in the next six months, one of these projects is going to absolutely nail it. They're going to nail the supply and demand. They're going to get the marketing just right for it. The community is going to accept it. And most importantly, and something we have not mentioned at all on this podcast, is the collectors, the community, are going to see an opportunity to make money outside of just pulling rares in packs. That is the only way to make money right now. And making money is very important. Not to say that that is the optimal thing for collecting NFTs, but that is absolutely the genesis of all of this is money. This is a market. People need to know that there is a possibility to make money. The narrative cannot be that anything you bought in the last year has gone down in value because that is what it currently is. That is the current narrative, and that needs to change. You need some of those stories of, hey, I crafted and I did this and I made tons of money. All right. You know, it, it needs to be financial. Absolutely. And that might come by people going back to grinding, predicting, using their passion to make decisions, hard choices on a scale, on a broad scale. The, a project will give 
their community a reason to do that. And the community in a lot of different ways will be very heavily rewarded for it. And the FOMO will settle in from the rest of NFTs and a lot of people will flock to it. I think the project that does that is going to pull vault all the other ones and be literally the second coming of Top Shot, whether it's them actually or not. And I really hope I'm right. I really do. And that is going to do it for us today, folks. Very long one today. Thank you for listening to the end. I had a lot to say, and I hope we see some good burning soon. Please join us this Wednesday. we got the live show as usual, so come hang out. Probably talk about this some more. Otherwise, always very keen to hear from you. So shoot me a DM at LG Set when you can. Want to hear your thoughts. Otherwise, have yourselves a wonderful week.